I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hard ticket to Hawaii. It has it all. The awesome, pristine beauty of the land. The warm caress of perfect beaches. The tantalizing wetness of the blue Pacific. Hawaii. It's a great place to visit. But you wouldn't want to die there. Four of America's finest ready and willing to pay the price for paradise. They're undercover, but not under-equipped. On this mission, there's hard flying, hard fighting. Agents are everywhere. Have no mercy. Kill them all. Attention, Patreon pals. This is Tim Bat. With a sincere vote of thanks to you for making us watch Hard Ticket to Hawaii, a movie that came out in 1987, which is either an accurate depiction of what Hawaii was like in 1987, or an accurate depiction of what a coked up film director thought Hawaii was like from 1987. Um, Guys, just watch the movie in Montreal. I've just watched the movie in Auckland, New Zealand. Now we come together and feast. Yeah, it's nice when the things that bind us are, are, sorry, not our, it's nice when the things that bind us are 1987 action films that you're watching for the first time. Uh, This was a romp. This was, yeah, uh, this was a real, this was a real easy watch. Like, it didn't take itself seriously. None of it made sense. They captured all the action they needed to on camera. Uh, it featured some of the most enjoyable scenes I've seen in cinema. You know, not just from the year 1987, but even modern cinema would struggle to keep up with some of the stunts. And That's a great way to put it. Some of the most enjoyable scenes in cinema. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's just the celebration of the form, isn't it? This movie. I, I can't... I couldn't quite figure out the tone because for the first half an hour i sort of felt like i was watching uh a porno 
and I yes. felt like when I felt felt like when Millhouse was watching Itchy and Scratchy with Poochie, <laughs> and they're going to the fireworks factory, and I'm like, when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> uh, and then I think I sort of figured out it, it it's not a full blown porn, but it's uh, it just features it's a skin sort of, film. They don't make the, these anymore, I don't think. What, what is a skin film, by definition? I don't know. A movie with uh, titties in it. And this was a movie with titties. Yeah, truly. And I also, I think maybe because I was groggy and waking up, I was struggling to keep up with, one way of saying this could be uh, which characters were which. Another would be mm. saying uh, whose titties were whose. Yes. Uh, because... So, if you were just to uh, explain a little bit, guy, in terms of the tone and how much titty we were saying, the four women who star in this film were all Playboy bunnies. This does not come as a huge surprise to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the the movie is about um, two. I think they're they're agents who they they live on a i don't know like it's it's set on a hawaiian island and it's sort of these two women were the 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 leads i thought uh and it seems to me that they're mixed up in some sort of hokey mafia plan uh they've got two things to contend with they stumble across some diamonds that uh belong to the mob and they sort of get caught mm. up in in that and then simultaneously they also accidentally um have had to relocate a snake that they they wind up releasing. Uh, and it's not just any snake. It's also been infected with toxins from cancer-infested rats. <laughs> and because it's been... That's right. Uh, yeah, because it's been infected with these toxins, it's, it's not just deadly in the sense that it could eat... The snake's meant to be a python, but <laughs> they keep saying that it will eat you whole. Pythons are famous for being strangling snakes. <laughs> this snake has got a triple threat. It could strangle you. It could eat you whole. And if you get close to it, the the cans- the toxins from the cancer-infested rats will kill you on impact. <laughs> uh, no expense has been spared with uh, showing you the snake as well. It is a fantastic I would, yeah, I would depiction like to know of a snake. How close to cutting edge technology the depiction of the snake was for the year 1987, because it doesn't hold up entirely in 2019. <laughs> I, were there any? I suspected during some of them there were some uh, some real snakes in some of those shots we saw. Do you think that's right, or is that wrong? Uh, just a couple of them. Uh, there was a, there were a few where it's like they just show you a little bit of the torso the torso of the snake, you know, and you think oh that could be a real snake, but by and large no. I thought <laughs> it looked the snake looked really gross and um, <laughs> it looked thick like an erect penis. I thought <laughs> when it would like the way that the snake they they animated the movement of the snake. It looked to me what a penis would look like if it was trying to move like a snake. It was really rank. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the dick snake was super rank. And it was um, it's quite funny because it feels like they used a bevy of techniques to do the snake. And some of them it was obviously kind of like on a string uh, and others it was kind of looked like it was a puppet. And then still in other scenes where we saw the snake, and I, I will say the snake doesn't feature as much as you might think. 
um, in this film. Not as much as it should, I'll say that. We don't see it for the whole middle of the movie. We see it at the start, and we're reminded it exists in the middle by dialogue, and then we see it in the end. This is the beauty of of the snake, Tim, is, you you know, it's it's a classic suspense move. You don't need to see the snake to be fearful of the snake, to know the snake is out there. But I do like that, because in the middle you're like... Hey, what about that fucking snake? And they're like, oh, yeah, and the snake still exists. And you're like, cool, 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 cool. I didn't just imagine that there was a cancer rat-infested snake on the island. Well, I wondered whether or not whoever developed the the plot for snakes on a plane uh, (coughs) actually lifted it, or not lifted it from this movie, because you see them, uh, these these two women, whose whose job I'm not entirely clear on, uh, simultaneously. We should get into that. That they're simultaneously transporting a honeymooning couple to a private beach and mm. a snake, and we know that that the, the, we've seen the top of the container in which the snake is contained be loosened, so we know that the snake has the possibility of breaking free. And as soon yeah. as they packed it onto the plane with the honeymooning couple, I was like, "Well, here's your, you know, here's your first action sequence. This snake's going to get out loose. It's going to be an absolute disaster." But it's a real. Um, it's an unused Chekhov's gun. They just arrive at the beach with the snake, and then they don't even release the snake where they flew it to. They just fly the same snake back to its original location without any consequence for the for it having been on the plane in the first place. And I'm thinking, if I'm, Do what, they? I was, what, wait, yeah. what? Well, they the the snake doesn't get released on that island. It yes, doesn't. It does. get ta- no, it doesn't get taken off the plane. They come across like they come across what? the di- they 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 land they drop off the couple they come across the diamonds yeah. that were dropped off by a drone they get into like a shootout yeah. with those two guys and then they go we got to get out of here and they get back on the plane and fly back and then they take the snake off back at the fucking hangar where they left from in the first place. That's not wait, but then how does the snake get the honeymooning couple? Because it does. It doesn't get the honeymooning couple. The first victim that the snake has is that, like, is some random model who's introduced. Or was that the honeymooning couple? No, the honeymooning couple get eaten by the snake. Oh, That's see, why when they pull thought, that picture out of... Yeah, nah, you're yeah. crazy, man. No, I'm not crazy. How could you not keep up? I'm There was I'm only right. 20 different characters. I assumed that... the I, When I saw the honeymooning couple the second time, I just thought that we'd been introduced to two new beautiful characters... Uh, Man, that's possible. That's totally possible. And they it's hard to tell with this. They definitely flew the snake back. Tell me you don't remember okay. what I'm describing to you. I genuinely just watched it, and I didn't follow that as part of the story. No, because they, they, thought... go, they go back, remember, and they, they put the snake, they, they lift off the box, and they go, wow, it's heavy. And they put yeah. the snake and then on it, it escapes. And it fucking yeah, breaks it. out because they talk to the guy and he's like, you, you ladies got to bring the snake back. And they're like, we don't got the snake no more, Charlie. But where do, they, where do they take, where do they observe that the box is heavy? The snake box is heavy. I don't know. I thought, back, is this taking place on multiple the, islands? I guess. Hawaii is a collection <laughs> of islands. Fuck. Well, it's really not important. Um, it genuinely isn't which island these things happen on. But uh, the honeymooning couple definitely do get eaten by the snake. The guy is taking Polaroid pictures, and that's why there's that amazing photo that they pull out of the camera, which develops in front of their eyes, of the snake just in frame. 
as the last thing that he saw before the snake got him. The cancer yeah. rat infested python snake. <coughs> Fuck this movie ruled. Um, here's what I liked about it. First lines of dialogue are overdubbed and quite obviously. And that, for me, just set the tone. It was like, cool, man. Foot is off the gas. I can take my thinking hat off. I can knock my shoes off. I can just kick back, relax, see some titties, catch a crazy snake, see a gorgeous man who was in many years of the bold and the beautiful act his little heart out, and just follow a plot that involves many bazooka shots and a guy riding a fucking skateboard with his hands. Yeah, I mean, truly, there's a remote controlled helicopter in this, like in the start. It was just, what's not to love? I I totally agree with you in that um this is what I want in a movie. I am thick. I am the uh lowest common denominator. And as soon as I start watching a movie, if the movie's giving me really heavy signs and winking at me that I don't need to worry about keeping up like it's just pure vapid escapism. Uh and like there's yeah, there was so many great little moments that they really treat you there's a uh, a murder featuring a frisbee. Which, like the, the, <laughs> that was the, awesome. The entire scene surrounding it is crazy. Is that the guy from The Bold and the Beautiful? The guy who who has the razor blade at, razor blade frisbee? Nah. He was, nah. he was hot. Oh, guy. wait. Mm, it's the guy who's in the poster. I don't know if you're in front of a yeah, computer, yeah, but the, if you Google it, yeah, it's that dude. He's the brunette guy who is doing the very... <laughs> Very borderline uh, karate warm ups with his. Oh man, his mate. there's no line and no. You gotta. Here's the thing about this film: <laughs> the line hadn't been invented yet. It was 1987. There was no line. Yeah. What I my favorite bit of this movie was um, when uh, what's his name, Jimmy Johnson, yeah, who's a fucking sportscaster for some reason. Who's just. <laughs> He's on the island and he just goes into bars and sits down at the table and starts hocking vitamins. And he like gives this incredible monologue about how he downs 10 grams of vitamin C every day and produces a urine stream that is like jealousy inducingly yellow when he's at the urinal. Fuck, it's good. Um, he does an interview in the middle of this movie with some ball players and uh, one of them says the N-word on his, like, cross to cam. And it's real funny because he says it, and then everyone reacts as you kind of expect. He's like, fuck, man, your career's <laughs> over. You're smoked. That guy should not have said the N-word. Oh, well, let's go get a drink. It's so, like, there's so many little things. It's just like, well, that's fun. There's no reason for that to happen. I like that it just did. It's just a little vignette inside the film yeah. for, for that- lols. <clears throat> They're they're all played for lols. I just want to quickly circle back to this. Fr- I I got bogged down in the details. Oh, yeah, but I want to just frisbee, describe yeah. the frisbee killing. <coughs> Pretty much this this hot stud sort of. I mean, it's 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 really hard to. Pretty much, there's two groups of people. There's the agency, and then there's what mm. I assume is a drug cartel. Yeah. And the agency are trying to stop the drug cartel, and this handsome guy is jogging down the beach with this beautiful woman. And she's got a frisbee, and they don't really know each other, but they sort of run into each other. And she uh, runs back towards where one of the drug cartel members is standing with like a semi-automatic hanging off his shoulder. And he goes, hey, who's this? And she goes, he's just a thrower. And he goes, oh, yeah? Show me what you got. And then he starts throwing the frisbee back and forth 
forth with this guy and every time he the guy with the gun over his shoulder catches the frisbee he does this fucking <laughs> childish like what you'd think would look cool if you were seven where he loops it and throws it under his leg then catches it and throws it back and he does that twice and then goes to dump his gun so he can play frisbee more seriously and uh, what he doesn't see is the handsome guy swaps out the the frisbee for another one he'd prepared earlier and a satchel that has razor blades on either side like all the way around the the grip part of the frisbee on the inside and the outside and he throws it uh just as hard as it's possible to throw a frisbee about 20 meters and somehow <laughs> it lacerates the guy's fingers and is thrown with yeah. such force that as he catches it the frisbee keep continues the trajectory of it until it's forced into his neck and he starts yeah. bleeding out from his neck it was so. It's so. I'm sure that that's on YouTube as a pullout. It is so funny. It's visceral. Um, it's real. I I think those razor bladed frisbees are one of those weapons that we've all thought about at some point in our life. Usually as a child, you're like, man, yeah. that could exist. You know, that could be a thing. And uh, this movie, it shows you what happens when you make it. Um, it's good. Fuck, it was good. It was so good. There's a guy who gets exploded with a bazooka. It was cool. They He's the bazookas. same guy who was... They love bazookas. At, they one love point, someone, at one point, someone's like, a bazooka? <laughs> and the other guy's like, it's the only gun I can hit a moving target with. <laughs> but it's said like it's cool, but that's uh, that would be a weakness in your ability as a sharpshooter if you require something the size of a bazooka to hit any moving target. Spoiler alert, the bazooka is the thing that eventually brings the snake down uh, right in the dying minutes of the film um and it kind of uh you know seems petty to get hung up on it but when you see the bazooka in action on the guy on the skateboard it makes a sort of explosive um well it makes an explosion so large that you're like hey that's a real bazooka but then when he shoots the snake with it it just kind of neatly blows up the snake's head and nothing else it's kind of like yeah, a precision bazooka at that point. Consistency, not a strong suit of this movie. Uh, Tim, mm. I, I wrote down a couple of lines. Did you write down any? Like lines of dialogue? Yeah, just ones that I enjoyed. Yeah, nah, I didn't do that. You hit me with yours. Uh, well, the I mean, the <laughs> the one that really got me was the this, this sort of lecherous uh, waiter who's uh he just tries to hit on everyone as they come in and he's like the two the two women who work for the agency but his job i don't know come in and he's like oh i got the best seat in the house for you and one of them says oh yeah where's that and he goes you can sit right here on my face and then the other woman says why is your nose bigger than your dick and it's just like such a quippy little exchange between them and it's so nice to see uh the the woman best this you know like he's a he's sort of a downtrodden yeah. loserish character because I, I i realized then that they were talking earlier about how they had sex with one of them and they had a four inch penis and then they were making fun of the idea of that and i guess that was him but uh everyone gets a chance to get theirs in this film mm. so while the line had not yet been drawn in many ways it is uh you know it's a it's a bastion of hope for equality yeah, it was. It's it's an interesting one that day eh? because obviously, um, look through the lens of two thousand nineteen, <coughs> this movie is problematic for an, 
a myriad reasons. But sort of taken within its context of being a B movie from 1987, uh, written and directed by a fucking madman and starring Playboy bunnies with a rule on set that you're not allowed bras, there is that kind of interestingly progressive idea of the women are all kind of smart and super capable and the dudes are kind of shitheads. Which unfortunately yeah. is broken by the dude from um, Bold and the Beautiful. This would be a better movie if he wasn't in it, I would say. Although, I'll give him this, he's a pretty good actor. And I don't know if it's one of those things of you just like comparing it against everyone else who's in the film, but I reckon he's pretty good. But I would, I would love this movie if he just wasn't there. And it was just a whole lot of women fighting each other with the occasional villainous man who also gets in the fracas. Yeah, I uh, I hear you, but he sort of he did bring a certain. I don't know that he was this he was an actor. First of all, he's he's sensationally handsome, which is a is a treat to watch on screen. It's beautiful, but um, if he he takes up so much space on the post, you've got to assume he was part of the the big sell, the big pitch. Yeah, this. This hot guy. Yeah, I, do, you reckon, do you reckon that was a fun uh, shooting experience for everyone on set? Man, probably not everyone. Mm. Seems like there'd be winners and losers in this kind of set, I reckon. Yeah. I uh, I feel, I mean, yeah, I don't know what the budget was, but you're mucking around on Hawaii. I mean, just because of the way it, it plays on the screen, it feels like they didn't take it too too seriously. Which suggests it could I be hope, fun. Everyone's having a loose time around yeah. the camera. I hope that's true. I I hope that's how it went down. It could have been... Yeah, let's run with that. I hope it was real fun. No one tell us otherwise. Um, What else did I love? I love that... Uh, I love that the guy in the pantyhose at the end looked like Shia LaBeouf. That was a little thing I noticed. Manny looked like him. And, true story... When they pulled out that bright yellow Sony camcorder, um, I started Googling around for it, and I found it on eBay for um, about 100 bucks. And I am this close to buying it, because it is awesome. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really cool. You, why wouldn't you? You know, it's a, it's a great investment on, uh, even if it doesn't work, it's just a fun bit of thing to have around, isn't it? Fuck yeah, it looks so cool. If you want to see a picture of this thing, I think you just Google um, Sony Sports Camcorder, and it's the big honking yellow one from the 80s. Man, it's cool. They've got some cool shit in this film, and they say some cool stuff, like the word radical and they say gnarly. They drive, two of them drive past a guy who's, is by way of being some sort of distraction, I guess, they drive past someone who's uh, doing a handstand on a skateboard, just skating down like a... A country road, and one of them goes, "Wow, that guy must be smoking some heavy doobies." And love that—that's a cool line that I'm probably going to co-opt and start using in my day to day. Wow, yeah, man. When you see someone who looks pretty out of it, you think, "Wow, that guy must be smoking some heavy doobies." Not says doobies anymore, and that's a problem. I think no one does say that. doobies. What does everyone say? Joints, smoking weed, smoking yeah, the gun. Gross, gross. Smoking weed. No, you know, he- we need to doobies is what we need to say from here on in. Here in uh, Montreal, as in I, I think all of Canada now, it's all um, government regulated. So you, you go down to the store, and uh, like it's like going to a liquor a liquor store, you know, because all the liquor stores in uh, Quebec are also regulated by the. The region or whatever, it's called SAC, S-A-Q, and that's where you buy your booze. And then they've got some uh, weed equivalent. And it's like, it's huh. crazy. I went and bought some weed here at like 5.30 on a Thursday afternoon. And it was literally every cross, every every member of society was waiting in line to go into the store. Like it was literally like a photo from a university, from the cover of a university curriculum in terms of diversity. You had, what, um, you know... Sorry, go on. Well, you just had like, uh, a, you know, you had a businessman and a, who's clearly just come from work in a suit. And you've got these really cool young teenagers. You've got uh, like young, you've got young mums. You just had like every different, it was, it was just, it was awesome. Like, it was just like, yeah, everyone, everyone, <laughs> everyone in the world uses this stuff. It's not yeah, just it seems wasters. crazy that it's illegal, right? <laughs> Yeah, and still like a lot of places, just like, hey, guess what? When you make it legal, it turns out fucking everyone, everyone smokes this stuff. We good here? Um, shit, this guy, apparently, um, a bit of a famous director guy. I looked him up. He um, so this movie turns out to be quite famous as being like one of the the greatest B movies ever made, according to a lot oh. of people. That is not a huge surprise to me, considering it's, um, yeah, that that feels right. Because when I was watching yeah. it, I was having such an easy, breezy time, 
And I was like, it doesn't yeah. always feel like this when you watch a bad, you know, like it exists in that rare, rarefied air of uh, perfectly shit or like, I don't think shit's the right word, but so this is, this, this features on top list of B movies, like alongside The Room. Is that what I'm to believe? The Room's a little different, I think, like less self-aware. Yeah. The Room's been recontextualized after it got put out. Um old uh tommy wiseau is just a fucking mad just a mad man uh absolute mad lad (coughs) i could be wrong here but this movie might be like or this director rather might be where we get the term b movie from because it says here um his name's andy sedaris sedaris was best known for his bullets bombs and babes or bullets bombs and boobs bbb for short series of b movies produced between 85 and 98 the films featured a rotating stock company of actors, mostly made up of Playboy bunnies and penthouse pets, including Julia Strain, Donna Spear, who's in this one, uh, Hope Marie Carlton, some others. I don't need to go through these names. Um, I think, I don't know traditionally what a B-movie is, but I feel like a B-movie, it's sort of, I, don't, I think it, they existed before the 80s. It's sort of like a show being off-Broadway, where its its categorization is just that it's literally off-Broadway. A B-movie is a movie that's not like shooting for the stars as an A-movie. True. Um, True that. Hey, also, I just like, I just love the simplicity of this. In 1990, he made a movie simply titled Guns, and it stars uh, Eric Estrada from Chips and Danny Trejo. How fucking cool is that? <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> it's um, just called Guns. Why Why have any pretense about it? It's called Guns. It's if, guns. You, if you're Andy Sedaris making these movies and you find out that no one yet has thought to make a movie called Guns, you're not going to miss mm. that opportunity. You're going to jump all over it. Absolutely. God damn it's, it. God bless it's, you, Andy Sedaris. This, this, uh, this movie comes highly recommended i would say get a group of friends together uh and make a real afternoon or a night of it like really lean into it because you're going to have a lot of fun you're going to have a lot of laughs it is uh i mean i i got up at 6 a.m to watch this movie and still somehow enjoyed it the whole way through and it's right now midnight for me and uh i don't know if you can tell by the constant coughing that i'm doing but i'm not in the best of health Still had a fine time having a lovely hot Milo, yeah. watching some titties at 11 p.m. by myself in the studio. It's a triumph. Um, yeah, it, those the the lovemaking scenes did have a real. Uh, there's nothing gratuitous. There's nothing unto, There's nothing untoward. I suppose you could say. It's sort of um. They had a real Sky One at midnight kind of vibe where it's like yeah. You yeah, get a yeah. few. We, we, a, now, we need to explain this for our international listeners. So, in New Zealand, our equivalent of cable was Sky. That was the paid subscription television. And there was a channel on there called Sky One. And for a, a generation of people, I think this existed for maybe eight years or so, and Guy and I were just in the pocket of when this was happening, uh, Sky One at midnight would flip on a skin film. And uh, there was a... A really long-running series of them. What were they called? Emmanuel. I'm sure talked about this. Yeah, Emmanuel. That's right. And they were all like softcore porn because they had titties, but that was it. I don't yeah, think you ever saw a 
penis in it ever? No, you might see a you might see uh, the suggestion of an ass that like it's and it, it's exactly it was all the lovemaking scenes in uh, Hard Ticket to Hawaii are exactly the same where it's like they'll show gratuitous amounts of breasts and then you'll just see the suggestion of a hand job. You'll see, uh, like <laughs> it is ha- a hand. A hand job's the perfect sex act. You'll for see, this kind like of film. You'll see this hands approaching the belt line from from anyone who's involved, and then it will sort of, you know, then the director will freak out that they're crossing a line, and so they'll <laughs> cut to just another sh- another slow pan this time back up a torso towards the two of them kissing. It's, There's uh, a dude who is the yeah. partner of the really gorgeous guy. Who gets shot very obviously in the heart and just kind of shakes it off. They're in this cool beat up Jeep and he gets shot in the heart by the guy on the skateboard who's, who's um, uh, riding Been it with his hands. some heavy doobies, yeah. The heavy doobies guy who they explode with a bazooka. Um, and he goes into the hospital to get patched up. He's, I mean, he's dead. Like, he got shot in the fucking heart. You can see where the bullet wound is because of all the blood. It's in his heart. But he's like, oh, you know, I've been better. And then rocks into the hospital and then uh, lets you know that he got a blowjob from one of the nurses while he was in there getting stitched up. Yeah. Pretty cool. Good good news and bad news. The bad news is, I can't remember what he says. It's like, I'm going to be out of action for a while. Something like that. I'll be slow down. The good news is there was a very cute nurse. (coughs) Um, uh, I think what I think... I can't remember if I, I the remember any other rules. lines off the top of my head. The sound mix rules. The yeah. soundtrack rules. <laughs> I, I struggled to understand many lines of dialogue, particularly in the first half of the movie. I was like, wait, what? What was that? But it, but that's the beauty of it. It doesn't really matter. The fucking credit sequence for this and the intro and outro is they've slapped <laughs> printed out sheets of A4 on crates that are being moved around inside a warehouse. Like you're watching a goddamn 48 hours movie. That's yeah. what you need. We just all need the names. All that stuff really, w- it all, it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy to see a movie that knows its own identity so well. Like all of the stuff that you might take issue with in a different movie, or if the parts of, of other parts of the movie were done differently, like it all just it all works. It's just so fucking fun. It's like watching. Uh, this is a bad comparison because it's very niche, but it's like going to a, a you know a comedy show where the show is not perfect. But whoever's presenting it knows that, and it's just having so much fun inside of this, you know, the stupid ideas they're presenting, and it's got yeah. exactly it's got exactly the same light energy where it's like, hey, this is what's happening. If you like it, you're gonna love it, and if you don't, that's yeah. entirely on you because I don't care. <laughs> there it is, wholly unapologetic. Here's a and, movie. What are, what are movies? Bit of escapism. We're yeah. going to be on an island. Uh, there's lots of beautiful women walking around topless or at a bare minimum braless. We've got some hot, hunky dudes with great hair. We've got some badass there's, lines yeah, of dialogue. A- and guess what, everyone? There's a cancer rat infested fucking snake on the prowl. So if you ever get bored, just remember that fucking snake might just pop up and brighten up your day. There's a really good scene where I was sort of getting a handle on just how much uh, nudity that that they wanted to get in this film where the two the two people from the agency after they found the diamonds they return back to their house or whatever or where they live and like we're going to go to the jacuzzi we do our best thing in the jacuzzi 
and the yeah. next scene you see them in the jacuzzi and like it's literally just an opportunity for them to strip down to their underpants and sit yeah. in the jacuzzi because as soon as they touch the water or maybe this is just representation of how good their thinking is in the jacuzzi they solve the problem like they both spend cumulatively less than 10 seconds in the jacuzzi it's like that is not the function of a you know no one's ever enjoyed a 10 second know, trip to a jacuzzi especially not in fucking hawaii and what looks like summer why are they yeah. so jazzed about going to the hot tub man it's hot out who it's knows the last place you want to be that's literally though i will say this the only issue with that film is how confusingly excited they are to get in hot water yeah. There's something so fucking cool about a remote-controlled helicopter. It's in the start of the movie. It's transporting the diamonds. Even the guys on the boat who are driving it, they're like, man, there's got to be a fucking better way for us to transport these diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, nah, man. Nah, this is the way we've always done it. We've got this very cool remote-controlled helicopter, which is, like, perfectly to scale. It's so cool. I think it's run on some sort of like gas engine as well because it looked like it was pumping out a bit of exhaust. Man, they just, they don't have stuff like that anymore because everything's done with batteries, you know? That's a real bit of 1987 right there. A remote-controlled helicopter that I think might have a tiny little engine, like a petrol engine in it. That felt like a very futuristic piece of technology to appear in the film. Yeah, futuristic for 1987. But, you know, we're still using, I mean, not, not the same technology, but we're using drones the same way that that guy was using, you know. Totally. This was, yeah, this was, I was like, this was, this was a drone in 1987, doing the exact same thing. In fact, drones can't carry shit, so this was better than a drone. Um, what did you make of that, that final tussle with the, uh, with the snake there, guy, when it pops up out? I knew that was going to happen, too. Uh, they well, like, it's you know, so fucking long on that I'm, toilet. I was like, I'll bet the snake's in there. I am someone who, I don't know if I've spoken about this with you before, Tim. When I was a boy, I used to, there was a, like a, next to my room, there was just a, a to, you know, like a toilet. And I'd go, and I before I go to bed or whatever, I'd do a wee or a poo. And then when I'd flush the toilet, I was convinced. I had to run into my room and get on top of my bed before I could hear the toilet stop flushing. Because otherwise I thought a snake was going to come up out of the toilet and attack me. Like eat my penis off or something. I don't know where this uh-huh. fanciful idea came from. And so to see someone playing on that exact sort of uh, notion or fear, I found it really satisfying and quite unnerving. Um, I loved it. I mean, and it, yeah, I do. I love the obviousness with which it's like we're really hanging out at the toilet here. Yeah. You can't help but feel like something's coming out of that toilet. Yeah, and I uh, know there's a snake out there. So, although they did say that the snake would be dead within 36 hours due to its own condition. Which I was like, man. I don't under. What are they doing with this, this snake? What's they going on not, with this? So they, okay, let's, let's they don't justify the existence of the snake <laughs> beyond What's just this, saying okay. what it is. The guy who's on comms, who I'm calling Charlie, because they've got a very Charlie's Angels relationship with him. His name's not Charlie, though. But he's like, you guys, you got the wrong snake. But what does that even mean? That means there's a right snake that they were supposed to transport onto the island. I don't, yeah, I, I don't I think get a hel- what their job is. Uh, they were maybe meant to transport a healthy snake, and this other snake's been quarantined for whatever reason. 
Uh, I also Why don't understand what their man? job is. They, they keep talking about working at the agency, and I can't tell yes. if the agency is like federal approved or if it's just a sort of bootleg. Well, at the, ho- at the, this, here's, here's the weird thing. At the end of the movie, they're all on the boat, and one of the two, who are the leading ladies in this film, is like, hey, guess what? I'm the only one who knows where the diamonds are, and technically I'm not a federal agent, but you guys are. And as federal agents, you have to tell the government where the goods are if we find them. But I am under no such obligation. So I'm going to find the diamonds for us, and then you're going to share in the wealth of it. And that's the end of the movie. So, like, I guess... I don't but, think the movie knows, is what yeah, I'm saying. because those, those Which is two, fine for me. Yeah, I don't those, mind. Those two women are totally in cahoots the whole movie, and then in the last scene, they're like, and we didn't actually formally work together. One of us was just yeah. joyriding. Yeah, which it's, is suggested nowhere else in the movie, that they're on unequal footing. But um, fucking why not? That's fine. That, whatever. Do whatever, you, do whatever you want. You've earned it. Yeah, you know, not and, and yeah, do <laughs> literally do whatever you want, and they do a, ni- a tidy little ninety-minute runtime. More ninety uh, minutes is so tasty when we hit on yeah. them. I man, very grateful more for a like ninety-minute film. More stunts and hokey effects than you can shake a stick at. Like just yeah, you've got to see the snake emerging from the toilet. They've gone ham on the face of the hazer. They've got lights coming up behind it for some reason it explodes out of that porcelain i've and i've just i've just i mean i'm just so excited i'm gonna watch it again after this i've just googled the frisbee (laughs) scene on youtube yeah and uh it's got the whole scene set up to conclusion it's a one minute 52 hard ticket to hawaii frisbee scene on youtube 2.3 million views wow way so yeah i think the, the internet knows knows about this to a degree, but uh, if if you don't, I mean, you voted for us to watch it, but if you don't, get into it. Get into it. We didn't know about this. I'd never heard of this film, but people keep putting it on the, the Patreon list. I'm so glad that it had its day in court, in worst yeah. idea court. Um, and look, the jury has come to a unanimous decision uh, we find this movie guilty of having the most fun. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, the rare movie that I would grade ten out of ten. <laughs> ten out of ten. Far out. Ten. We'll go That's with what that. it is. Sure. What I do. Yep. We uh, have spoken. So thank you to everyone who voted. Yeah. Thank you a, a- lot. Keep a voting. real delight for us. Keep throwing us uh, the cool, crazy, quirky pictures that you love to see us watch. And um, if you're in or you're near London Town, a reminder that we will be visiting with a very special live show on the seventh, uh, the September? sixth, sixth of September, um, as part of the London Podcast Festival at King's Place. You can get tickets now. They are on sale. Um, there's an event on the Worst Idea Facebook page if you want to look there, and that's got all the details and the ticket links and whatnot. Um, that that show is going to be very cool and, yeah, quite special. We're still putting the um, the works together on all of that, but it's going to be great. You got anything to plug, Monty? You got shows coming up? I actually do. 
Uh, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. For anyone in the United Kingdom or the surrounding areas of Scotland, I will be there starting from... I'm about to fly there right now. Starting from uh, July 31st to August 25th. I'm doing my show every single night except the 14th at 8.55 at the Assembly George Square Studios. I would love to see anyone there or for you to send anyone you might know along. I am so excited and only slightly apprehensive. It's going to be great. You're going to have a great season. You are going to have a great season. If you're in Auckland, even if you're just visiting, I've started a new show on Wednesday nights called Hump Comedy because it's on a Wednesday, you see. And uh, they're fucking delightful. They're in this tiny little concrete beer bunker. Um, it's a good time, so come to that. They're only 10 bucks, cheap ass. Okay, it does it on the plugs. Thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. You beautiful assholes keep us alive, thriving, creating this thing. And uh, you're part of us, and we're part of you forevermore. God bless Andy Sedaris, rest in peace. And God bless Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.